is the 77 WABC minicast. And welcome back to the middle. White Club Sean bringing us back in. We'll be here till 4 o'clock. Then Curtis Lee comes in for left versus right. If you'd like to listen to this show as a podcast, you can do that. Also, the middle unplugged episode 57 is currently in your feed. We did a Thanksgiving edition, a little bit different than I thanked seven different um, people. Uh, they weren't all Americans. They weren't all contemporary, but express gratitude to them. And on one caller, one caller from our show made the list. So you can get that on the Red Apple Podcast Network or anywhere you download podcasts. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The lines are all full, but I'm going to clear some folks out of here. Just seem like they just want to yell at me. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Let's take everyone. I don't mind. Uh, let's first, uh, let's go to some of these calls. Let's go to Mike in Pennsylvania. Hey, Mike, thank you for calling us. How you doing, Anthony? I'm well, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Well, I heard, I heard you say how you want things to get back to where it was. If you look where the Republicans and the Democrats kind of really started to split apart was when abortion was passed. Now, let's not get all in a frenzy here, but the one thing is, is that it affected religious institutions. In other words, if a religion, and I see, I saw in uh, the post this week, uh, I'm trying to think of the state, but they're going to actually put people in prison if they don't give their workers uh, uh, medical insurance that they want to have abortion. And that would be the churches, Catholic churches and things. Now, if, if, if they don't believe in abortion, and we just had Thanksgiving, and that's why we have Thanksgiving, because we're the pilgrims came here for religious freedoms, okay? If we can't let the if, – if if I work for a Catholic church and they're not going to give me a certain uh, a certain medical benefit because it's against what, what they believe, why should they be penalized? That's a religious freedom to believe in something. Don't, don't you don't – Yeah, you so it's it? complicated. So as you can imagine, it's complicated. So the question is – what rights does an individual have if they work for a an institution that has religious beliefs? Like, for example, do you think, Mike, that someone who is homosexual should be able to be fired if they work for an organization that doesn't believe in homosexuality? Yes. Okay. So that's putting the right uh, – I mean, that's a complicated issue for some people. I believe – I believe that the, the and the Supreme Court has tried to wrestle with this in various different ways, and they just had, had a, a case about. It. I believe that requiring certain, I, I I kind of agree with you, Mike, but I think it's a very very tough call. Like for example, if someone has a a program that they're offering, it's in a church basement to teach people typing, for example, so they can go out and get a job, and they're going to say that the that we want to make sure that the typing teacher doesn't believe in anything we don't agree with. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. It has nothing to do with your mission as a religious institution. I don't think you should be able to fire a typing teacher because she believes something different. But I, I think I agree with you that that requiring a religious organization to offer a benefit that they don't support is should not be done. We didn't do that in Obamacare, for example. In Obamacare, there was a careful consideration about what services to require that that you and we said we're not going to make religious institutions offer something that they didn't believe in. I think it's a fair point. 
But that's not – I don't believe that I, – I look, we've been arguing about and trying to figure out the line on the First Amendment right, religious right, forever. Like this, these are some very tough, tough things, you know, like can you require someone who to work on the, on the Sabbath? If they don't have enough seniority, you know, to, to have weekends off, should you require someone to work on the Sabbath if they observe it? Should someone who is wearing – if you have a uniform – that is required to be worn by every worker, but you're a Sikh or you're an Orthodox Jew and want to wear a different head covering. Should you permit that? These are tough issues, but I don't think they're they're left-right issues. I don't think they're Democrat-Republican issues. These are just tough issues. But I appreciate your calling, Mike. I think you added a lot to the conversation. Next, let's go to uh, Doug in Brooklyn. Hey, Doug, thank you for calling. Uh, yeah, really quickly. <clears throat> First, let me take you off the speakerphone. Uh, really quickly, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, the bonehead mayor that we have in City Hall, uh, Eric Adams, you know, he finds himself in a quite the conundrum because he let all these migrants into the city. Now he's making cuts across the board, like 15 percent across all city agencies, including the police. Now, some people are actually despairing that law enforcement might take such a hit. Fifteen uh, percent cut that would result in, what, 25,000 cops by 2025? You know. I have to disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because most of the police agencies these days have become politicized to the point where their top priority is chasing imaginary white supremacists and domestic terrorists. And actual criminals are taking a back seat to the act to, uh, you know, political persecution. And uh, January 6th, I think, is a glaring example of that. Yeah, but Doug, aren't now, there, but there are different law enforcement agencies. There are some people that do, you know, agriculture inspections. There are some that do border patrol. There are some that do federal crimes or some that do state crimes. I don't think everyone is chasing January 6th, except except for the FBI, and they're, and they're arresting people and they're being found guilty. Can I, can I respond to that? Of course, Doug. Okay, terrific. Uh, now, with regard to the NYPD and other the major uh, uh, urban departments, I, I want to remind you, when you mention the FBI, these uh, local agencies, ostensibly local agencies, have joint terrorism task force with the FBI. They work hand in glove with the feds, by the way. And many people that have found themselves on terrorist watch lists, uh, you know, for uh, no-fly lists or been persecuted and harassed, uh, by the FBI and the uh, local police, they, they've been subjected to that sort of treatment for doing something innocuous. Yeah, that that could be. And, and, and you can argue that we, we went too far after after September 11th. One thing I do want to kind of get the first sentence you said is that Eric Adams let these people in New York. What, what do you propose that he do? What I propose that you do, that instead of uh, wasting taxpayer money and giving them posh accommodations in five-star hotels at taxpayer expense, get them a tick, find out where they came from, whether Dominican Republic. Yeah, they're doing that, too. They're, they're, he, he, you, you mean they should encourage them to go somewhere else. He's doing that, too. But he, he didn't let anyone, anyone come in here or tell them that they, they, they can or they can't. And I appreciate it, Doug, or whatever his name is. He seems he calls under a different name. Every week. But let's just I want to reset the table here because I've heard my friend Curtis Lee say this a few times. When people say, well, Eric Adams shouldn't let the migrants in. Eric Adams doesn't have any authority to arrest somebody for coming to New York City unless they've committed a crime. And these migrants, when they come here to New York City, most of them, overwhelming majority of them have applied for asylum and are here legally. So, again, 
you know, and, and I've pushed Curtis on this because he doesn't really have an answer. I would turn the buses around. I would do this. I would do that. Well, no, you can't. When you're the mayor of the city of New York and you control, you know, 30,000-something police force, you can't arrest whoever you want. And what small government Republican thinks that we should just do that? Let's have the police just arrest whoever the mayor says go and arrest. The the migrants that are here are not here illegally. Now, why are they coming to New York City? They're not coming to New York City despite what people say because Eric Adams welcomed them with open arms. Yeah, Eric Adams said what a lot of people said and have continued to say, that we're a city of immigrants, we'll figure it out. We're, we're, you know, we're glad to be a city of immigrants. If he knew it would be 160,000, whatever it is, I bet you he would have said something different. But putting that aside, once they they come to New York City, they have a right because of a court order to housing. Another thing is they very often have communities of Spanish speakers, if they're coming from Latin America, very often a community of people from the actual countries that they came from. That's why they're coming to New York. And they're coming to New York because there are jobs here. That's why they're coming. And it is not anyone's right. No mayor, if I were mayor, if Curtis is mayor, whoever's mayor, doesn't have the authority, doesn't have the right to just arrest them because they have not done anything wrong by coming to New York City. It's not a violation of any law. So why, why do you, you know, the, the, this whole idea of, of oh, I'm going to turn the buses around. Oh, no, you're not, Curtis. No, you're not anyone who calls and says that. Now, if you want to incentivize them to go elsewhere, knock yourself out. That's what Giuliani did. That's what Koch did. That's what Bloomberg did. Take a, take a, a, a plane ticket, fly anywhere you want. I'm all, I'm all in for that. Five-star uh, uh, hotels? No, not exactly. Not five-star, but they're getting stuff, and by and large, people in hotels are, ch- are ch- with children. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.